my boy. Now this is podcasting. Now this is pod racing. Okay, <laughs> All right. I'm not asking you anymore. Boss Nass, because that's what you are titled in our in the chat call room. here. That's me. Um, what have you been eating? What have I been eating? I ate a uh, mint Milano, like peppermint chocolate cookie. So um, is that what Gungans eat in your underwater cities? I thought it was Gungans. Whatever Jar Jar's species is. I like how just Jar Jar's in exile. Like, because he's yes. clumsy. He's a, he's in exile, but, like, not that far away. No. Like, they, they swim for, like, ten minutes, and then... Yeah. You just can't come to the lake anymore. Parth, what's yes. your name in the chat? I am Watto. And I'm Sabalba. Um, okay, so, um, Parth, what'd you have? I had chicken taquitos from Costco for lunch because I was filming with friend of the show Jackson Clark. Came back, had to finish about an hour of the movie, and shave. I participated in No Shave November, Oh. and it is December 1st as of recording time, and so I am no longer bearded. Did you do it were. just for fun? or is, is Yeah, it... no, it wasn't to help cancer people. <laughs> is that know, what other people do people. it for? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's to like raise money, I think. I like it. Is October Breast Cancer Awareness Month? I like it how every month that rolls around and like the NFL players like wear pink and then it's like breast cancer and it's like how is this helping you know it's like I feel like awareness for like cancer it's like we know you know especially breast cancer yeah. I feel like like um, like we should shine a light on o- cock and ball cancer is that it like, I was gonna say ovarian cancer I mean there is there is testicular but ovarian works too Dude. Trent what have what you been you eating uh, oh thanks uh, guys um I just had bagel smoothie you know me uh how about we we go into the show now the start of our podcast the movie one yeah we have a we have a big episode this is our first discussion this is our first discussion this is our first discussion guest in a while so true who is our last one we're breaking that was that for casino royale yes i think that was local criminal lee burrell lee burrell um but our guest today boss nass has never committed a crime not once not once in his or their life so true all right should we start uh cue the intro you just never know on these things i did a more american graffiti made 10 cents really failed miserably you can you can do it you can't destroy these things you know it is possible it's a little disjointed seems like a lot of short scenes it's bold in terms of jerking people around but i may have gone too far in a few places Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies, and each week we talk about a film, and hopefully you have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. Last week, who did we have, Trent? We had storyboard artist Benton Jew, and uh, he was a delightful guest and a super cool man, right? He was. He was our first interview of Prequel Winter. It was pretty fucking epic. Yeah, uh, I think so. He talked about working with George Lucas, talked about, you know... He told us off-air, and we say this in the episode, um, how Darth Maul was originally a woman. 
Yep. You know, Lady Darth cool Maul. Cool things. Cool things. Go go check that yeah, episode Yeah, it talks out. about working on Skywalker Ranch. Parth, what were some other cool movies you worked on? There are probably examples that I can't remember. We talked about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. He wor- he's worked on Wonder Woman, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, um, Fantastic Four. Um, yeah. Bad Boys 2 with Michael Bay. Some insane movies. But today... Mm-hmm. is phantom menace discussion it, it sure is. is it not um is are you guys familiar with star wars quote machete order or like watching the movies in machete order yes is um, no. oh okay Trying to explain for Wait. our for boss yeah. nass over here and and the kids at home um i'm i'm pulling it up real quick so i can get the well i i know what it is so i'll just okay, say it. thanks trent um i'll take this over yeah please basically uh the way it would work is spoilers for star wars I guess uh, you find out in episode five that um, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. So the release order you would do it, the, the order in which you would watch the movie is a new hope empire strikes back. Then at the reveal of Darth Vader's true identity, you would watch one, two and three and then go back to six. Um, I, I brought up machete order because I'm pretty sure they entirely cut out the phantom menace saying that it is yeah you can you can cut saying that it is entirely needless viewing which i just thought was interesting to bring up before we talk about this movie for two uh, this two-hour movie for an hour or so that most people think that it is considered negligible so trent do you is it your turn to do the five word synopsis or ten word synopsis or wait do we make claire do the ten word synopsis oh yeah sure yeah okay so so you have to you have to make up your own ten word synopsis for this movie, and then either Trent and I will read the real one from IMDb afterwards. Okay. Um. Let's see. No, this is all great, Claire. Yeah, no, yeah. this is really this. good material. Um. Yeah, don't crack under the pressure. I'd um, hate, I'd hate okay. to see that happen. Two Jedi go to a planet and find a kid. I, yeah, that's eleven. That's eleven. Not eleven. I counted. It's ten. But at the same time, like, how? What a, uh, what better way can you describe the the, the, yeah. the basic plot? The basic plotting of this movie. Uh, that's everything important that happens in this movie. Find a kid. And oh, your first two words were uh, the same. Two Jedi escape a hostile blockade to find allies and come across a young boy who may bring balance to the Force, but the long dominant. Ugh. But the long dormant Sith resurfaced to claim their original glory. Um, I'd say that's accurate. Yeah, Claire's is better. Thank so, you. Thank so you. before we get into it, um, we have a guest today, um, Claire Appel, a housemate to Parth Marate, um, and Pat, and Parth's first kiss, I believe. Is this fair? Okay. All right. That's All right. right. All right. <laughs> okay. We'll get it out of the way. Claire and I dated in junior year of high school, and Trent won't let me forget about it. And there's still will... tensions to this day. Let's move on. Um, so the budget? Yeah. So this. Uh, how about you give me budget box office? So the budget uh, production of this history. film is uh, 115 million dollars, and the box office is 1.027 billion dollars. Is this the first movie we've talked about that has broken a billion? Trent, come on. We just talked about the Dark Knight. Oh, I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to disrespect you. But and anything we've else? We've talked about Star Wars: The Last Jedi, which made 1.5 billion, and Star Wars: The Force Awakens, which made two billion. So us covering Star Wars is basically us selling out. Like it's us appealing to yeah. the masses. 
Yes. Mm. Why else would That's... I be on here? Yeah. 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 yeah local, Why would Boss Nass be here? Local fan favorite, uh, Boss Nass, is here to gl- drum up support. Um, his people, our target audience, they like to talk about Star Wars. Thank you. It's hard to talk about Star Wars without seeming like a dingus, you know? That's like the curse of this. All right, so production history. Um, throughout the 1980s, George Lucas said that he had no desire to return to Star Wars and had canceled his sequel trilogy by the time of Return of the Jedi. However, he had already developed most of the backstories and the idea of the prequels continued to fascinate him. And in 1993, Variety announced that he would be making the prequels and Lucas began outlining the story. He began writing the prequel trilogy on November 1st, 1994, and the screenplay of Star Wars was adapted from Lucas's 15-page outline written back in 1976, which he designed to help him keep track of characters' backstories and events that occurred before the original trilogy. Isn't that, like, crazy to begin with, though? If you made one movie and you're (laughs) like, ah... I know where these people will be, like, three movies ahead of time and three movies behind time chronologically. Like, it's almost an unnecessary amount of planning. I think that it's, like, somewhat lying. I think I was going to say is I think this is just bullshit. Like, once you create a full franchise, you just say, I had the idea from the beginning. Like, I'm sure he had some idea of, like, the Clone Wars or whatever, but... uh, What was he referencing in New Hope? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll end up talking about the trilogy as a whole, but I think there's certain things in here where it's a little bit clear that this was not 100% planned as well as everybody thinks it was. Anakin was originally written as a 12-year-old, but Lucas reduced his age to 9 because he felt that the lower age would better fit the plot point of Anakin be effect- being affected by his mother's separation. Eventually, uh, his younger age led to Lucas rewriting his participation in the movie's major scenes. The film's working title was The Beginning, and later Lucas revealed the title to be The Phantom Menace, which we now know is referring to Palpatine. The movie made extensive use of previs, which was a new technique, um, which you can hear a second unit director of Spider-Man. Am I supposed to say something? Well, what's his name? I forget. Um, <laughs> Doug. What, Doug Luffler? Yes, what did which you can hear Doug Leffler explain his work in Previs in our Spider-Man interview. Or actually, sorry, in our Army of Darkness interview. My bad. Let's just cut that whole thing out. Let's start from the beginning. Are, are we all not good at talking today? What's wrong? I have a bad feeling about this. You think we're going to overcome this? The film made extensive use of the new technique of digital pre-visualization, um, Lucas wanted the lightsaber battles to be more fast and more intense than those of the original trilogy, as he was depicting the Jedi in their prime. Newt Gunray's high accent was chosen after Lucas and Rick McCallum listened to various languages and decided how they wanted the Nimoidians to speak. Is that legal? They must be dead by now. Destroy what's left of them. What is going on down there? We lost the transmission, sir. Have you ever encountered a Jedi Knight before, sir? Well, no, but I don't. Seal off the bridge. Yes, sir. That won't be enough, sir. I want Roy because I've at once. We will not survive this. Close the blast door. That will hold them. They are still coming through. This is impossible. Where are those droid cars? There's no mash for droid cars. Sir! 
They've gone up the ventilation shaft. Um, after Samuel L. Jackson expressed interest in p- appearing in a Star Wars movie, he was approached by casting director Robin Gurland to play Mace Windu. Kira Knightley was cast for her similarity to Natalie Portman, and she said that her own mother could not tell the two apart, which I feel like that's a little ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that was in the trivia section, was like, Kira Knightley's mother had trouble telling the two apart on set, and I was like, that's your kid, dude. But also, it's crazy how similar like they look. They, they do, especially with the makeup. Filming began on June 26, 1997, and ended on September 30th of that year, with filming primarily taking place on, in Leavesden Film Studios in England. The four scenes on Naboo were filmed in Cassiobury Park in Watford, Hertfordshire. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong in pronunciation. The Tunisian desert was again used for the Tatooine scenes, and editing took two years with... Uh, Paul Martin Smith starting the process in England and focusing on dialogue-heavy scenes, and Ben Burt, who is also the film's sound editor, um, being responsible for the film's action scenes under Lucas's supervision. I'm going to go get my charger, because my Mac is almost out of battery. Wow. Parth's, fu- Parth's fucking falling apart. This is hard to watch. Uh, there are about nine... Fuck me. There are about 1,950 shots in The Phantom Menace with visual effects, and the scene where toxic gas is released on the Jedis is the only sequence with no digital alteration. Parth, you know how many um, visual effect shots there are on Jurassic Park? Isn't it like some ridiculously low amount? 55. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the title The Phantom Menace? For years, I thought that that was referring to Darth Maul. For years... Uh, Parth and I believe it is referring to Jar Jar Banks. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't think we have the time um, to cover oh, yeah. the whole Darth Jar Jar conspiracy. I mean, like, the, it's like, a, I don't know. All Star Wars titles are a little bit stupid. Um, Empire Strikes Back? Uh, the original titles are fine. Everything after that is like... I feel like after the original three, they just start like slotting in like... Buzzwords. Yes. Buzzwords. Revenge. They'll throw in Jedi. They'll throw in Force. And you're like, this doesn't really apply to any... Like, there are Jedi and Force in everyone. And and Forces and Siths are rising and falling at all times. I think that the only one... And I know this will be controversial, but I think The Last Jedi is a good title. Regardless of what you think of the movie, I think the title's a good title. I mean, also incorrect, being that Rey is a Jedi. Or is it saying that she's the last Jedi? Or is it saying um, that Luke, the that, final like, Jedi, I think it's I think it's like a passing off Rey became the final Jedi. Um, oh, this is going to be a fun movie. All right, enough, enough, Trent. Stop talking about The Last Jedi, you idiot scam. We already covered it. You could listen, um, compared to now, where we're so good at talking, if you want to listen to us when we weren't good at talking, go listen to our Last, yeah. last Jedi discussion. <laughs> it's only two and a half hours long. Yep. The film was released on May 19th, 1999, 16 years after the release of Return of the Jedi, and was met with a considerable amount of attention. More theater lines appeared when it was announced that cinemas were not allowed to sell tickets in advance until two weeks into the release out of fear that family theatergoers would be unable to receive tickets or be forced to pay higher prices for them. After meetings with the National Association of Theater Owners, Lucasfilm agreed to allow uh, advanced ticket sales on May 12, 1999, provided that there was a limit of 12 tickets per customer, but some scalpers priced tickets as high as $100 a piece. 
It's crazy how this um, movie uh, changed the law in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, theater owners received strict instructions from Lucasfilm that the film could only play in the cinema's largest auditorium for the first 8 to 12 weeks, and they had to send their payments to distributor 20th Century Fox within seven days. Wait, are you suggesting that um, Star Wars and and or Lucasfilm is all about the money, money, money? That's just hard to believe. Uh, It's all about family. Trent, uh, I think money is a low consideration. I think more George. importantly, it's about George's it's needs. about toy oh. licensing. Claire, oh, what's on your shirt? Oh, my shirt. Not yeah. one for any special occasion or anything. Just Anakin Skywalker, his face, yeah. and his name. Wait, let me see it. Stand up. Do a little spin. Yeah. Hey, oh no my spin. god! Oh my god! Right? Yeah. Wait, I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt too. I guess parts uh, parts of the I'm also head. wearing a sh- no. I'm also wearing a. We're all wearing a Star Wars shirt. Were any? Were all of them intentional? None of them. Yeah, mine was sure. Okay. Yeah. Wow, we are all pretty obvious, aren't we? Yeah. 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 We're insufferable. Try okay. Do you guys want to hear some fun facts about the film? Yes. Liam Neeson signed on without having read the script. Qui-Gon Jinn's communicator is a redecorated Gillette Sensor XL razor for women. Natalie Portman missed the premiere party in New York City because she had to study for her high school final exams. Ewan McGregor made lightsaber noises as he fought, saying, I kept getting carried away. Benicio Del Toro was originally cast as Darth Maul, but later left the project when the character's lines were cut. Apparently, Darth Maul had a whole, like, monologue, and in the finished film, he has three lines. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and Benicio Del Toro joined Star Wars later anyways. I'm watching it this time around, when Darth Maul spoke, and he just has, like, a normal guy voice, I was like, what the fuck? I didn't know that he talked. Like, they should have just had him not talk at that point. Yeah. Because it would have been spookier. At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have revenge. You have been well trained, my young apprentice. They will be no match for you. Okay, The Phantom Menace was the final Star Wars film to be shot on 35mm until episode... Seven? Seven. Yeah, reading Roman numerals. Uh, Parth, you said, I, I guess we'll get into this next week, but Attack of the Clones was the first film shot digital, yes? First feature to be, like, fully shot on a digital camera. Oh. Um, this is ultimately the only Star Wars film where nobody speaks the word lightsaber, um, because Anakin calls Qui-Gon's um, lightsaber a laser sword, which is uh, tough. Um, Ewan McGregor recalled that his performance in the film consisted of mostly, quote, walking into rooms and looking up. Um, employment consultant firm Challenger Gray and Christmas estimated $2.2 million. Full-time employees missed work to attend the film, which resulted in $293 million lost in productivity in the United States, and many companies um, just closed on the opening day of Star Wars. At least in 1999, arguably... Um, the most significant, the best year in film history, some say. And isn't this film the cherry on top, no? Yes. I would say this is the prime example of a film released in 1999. Although some people... Some, some people, people disagree. Don't, 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 don't feel this way no. about Star Wars. Some people dislike Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Dislike it so much, they'd give it a one-star review. On Amazon.com. Yeah. Um, Claire Appel, yes. our guest. Would you like to read the first one? I would love to read some reviews. Okay, the first one. One star, because you can't do zero. Somehow, this was even worse than when I first saw it in the theater 21 years ago. Jar Jar Banks is of the devil. I mean, like, they're not wrong about the whole Jar Jar thing. Par- Par- Parth, I texted you two texts during during my course of watching the movie. Do you know what they were? 
Right, one of them is Jar something about Sabalba and something about Jar Jar Binks. It was it was first it was I love Sabalba jokingly because Sabalba is the worst. Chesco Sabalba, Chipoko Umen Gisa, Mitisa Radical Banabi Chapajawa. Nick Michawa Wamo Mogini Makalonki Onanoto Woshagi Wampete. And then it was I hate Jar Jar because that's just true. Okay, this one is by Lewis Seth Epstein. Um, mm. <laughs> Unfortunate last name. Hopefully, there's no, hopefully <laughs> there's no relation there. Um, and if there is, uh, speak to our legal team, but it's labeled Amazon Delivered the Goods, but the movie is terrible. And it says Amazon Delivered the Goods, but the movie is terrible. One star for the ter- terrible movie, five stars for Amazon. You don't often see people um, supporting small business like this. No. No. Yeah. Uh, I'd pat Jeff on the hat. And it's weird. Head. Head. Like, why are they complimenting Amazon? Just, like, no one's like, oh. With, like, shipping. Like, I feel like at this point, shipping with Amazon is very consistent. It's it's generally on time. Yeah. Yeah, with, with shipping, I feel like it either happens or it doesn't. And I feel like they're giving Amazon a lot of credit here. And, um... A lot of things can be said about Star Wars Phantom Menace, but one star is harsh. If you just, you know. Um, all right, Parth, you want to read the last one? This is from TS7, and it says, One star for the pod race. I was really, really, really disappointed. Jar Jar, two lines of dialogue from Darth Maul, Anakin accidentally blowing up almost all the bad guys, and THE Force actually being little bugs that control things. Add that to the astounding coincidences, Anakin built C-3PO, who will apparently affect who will apparently forget about Anakin and Obi-Wan by episode 4. Obi-Wan will also forget about R2-D2, who saved him and others by repairing the ship. I won't go on lest I annoy myself more. It was the most complete and total shattering of everything about the previous movies that I held dear. As for this being for the kids, bollocks to that. The first three movies, particularly Empire, were dark, witty, lively, and just plain fun. I can still watch them today without ever wincing in pain at the line of dialogue like, Excuse me! Thank you, Jar Jar. That um, was an entire Jar Jar impression. It's like a really terrible Jar Jar. I, well, I didn't I was, realize I was going to be doing it. But yeah, I, I, like this guy's right about all these like technicalities, and you kind of deserve it when you make uh, like a prequel trilogy involving all the same characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but people who care about uh, these these logistics, I really I I really can't sympathize with. Yeah, yeah, there's a certain sect of Star Wars fans that kind of only care about, like, uh, facts. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. I mean, this is a review that came out September 21st, 2001. Oh, my, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, 9-11 happened, and 10 days later, he was like, I need to see something else that's terrible. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I think, I'm not going to nitpick his review, like, 20 years later, but... I think, no, do that. No, like there was a moment where they were like, "We're gonna wipe C3PO's like hard drive, like his memory. Like he's not gonna remember any of this." Oh yeah, they say that at the end of Revenge of the Sith. They say that at the end of Revenge of the Sith. But like, in fairness, he is right. Like he he's is just right. like gonna forget it. He's gonna forget. He's just like it. stupid. It's dumb, but it does happen. Yeah, we're entering the meat and potatoes phase on the on this show. I like in some of our first episodes were Star Wars episodes, and I used to come to Parth with like complaints about things like didn't make sense, and Parth would be like Trent. Who the fuck cares? And I've started to shift in that direction. Uh, it's a more fun way to watch movies. Yeah. When when things like technicalities don't bother you. If you just throw your arms up in the air and you say whatever whatever happens happens. 
You could just get on your knees and take it, you know? Okay, that was classless. Um, but I think we can move into, speaking of classless, what's what's working and what's not working? How about we have our guest, Boss Nass, he, they pronounce. Um, Claire, you, you're a big Star Wars fan, am I right? I am. Yeah, you yeah. specifically asked to come on for this episode, no? Yeah, specifically for this one, because I'm such a big Star Wars fan. And why why this one? Because um, it was the first one available, and I was like, hmm, yeah, you Fair can enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, Parth was really eager to get me on. He waited several months and about 70 episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really feel No, like- I couldn't wait. I could not wait. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just worked out that way. Um, like, what do you think of the movie? What do you like? What, do you like it? Oh, it's great, I, right? It's really great. When I was like seven, I thought this was like really good. Mm-hmm. Wait, you're, like, are you suggesting your opinion has changed? Are you suggesting um, you're still seven? Um, I'm going to suggest that I'm 20 and mm. that my opinion has changed. I don't think it's that good. I can't believe we're having a child on the show right now. Yeah, it's yeah. probably responsible to be having someone, giving someone this recording equipment and like putting my voice on the internet. But what, well, okay. is there anything you do like about the movie? Um. Because we, we like to try to start out positive. I like the ending more than the beginning. I like Duel yeah. of Fates. I, like I would agree. I yeah. fight with Darth Maul. I think yep. that is the most enjoyable part of the movie. They and really, I, they really cross cut between like four different storylines. Yeah. At, at that end part, though, and I'm like, I care to very, to very varying degrees about these different, about these different arcs. She's like, let's go back to the fight. Let's go back to Darth Maul. Come on. Wait, yeah. you, but you don't like Jar Jar accidentally taking down an army, and and Anakin also winning by accident. Like that, that's like the that- big joke of this movie. I was talking with Claire earlier today in preparation, and uh, I'm just going to repeat points that I said. Um, And basically, the biggest problem with this movie is that there is no protagonist. Like, there there is, there's no, like, you could say that it's Qui-Gon, but it's not because he has no arc. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You could say it's Obi-Wan, but it's not because he's barely in the movie. It's definitely not Anakin, because they don't, he doesn't leave the planet until an hour into like hour 17 minutes into the movie and they don't even meet him until 40 minutes into the movie or something um and so it's like it's not padme it's nobody yeah they all just have like a very medium role i never realized that you're just following this group but it's not it's not thinly distributed enough where it's like a hangout movie because it's like a lot of stuff has to get done um that's and no one and no one in this group is fun to hang out with there, there's a whole big story that's happening. And, the, and the, what's weird about it is that I think, like, I used to, like, be a hater because I was like, it's cool to hate on the, mm-hmm. at the time, new Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. But, but like, now I have some respect for, like, especially given the sequel trilogy where it kind of, by Rise of Skywalker, it's just regurgitating the same old shit. Like, this was at least, it's different and it's new. And there's like there's new worlds, there's new there's a new story, yeah, or whatever. We talked about earlier too the world building. He said people really liked. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wait. So do you know how? Speaking of the CGI, do you know how like Jaws and other famous movies? It's like oh they were supposed to be very monster oriented, and then there was a lot of technical problems, and then they found more subtle ways to show the monster, and that makes the movie good. 
Um, so do we think that that happened with Star Wars? That, like, since George Lucas's vision clearly involved all this bad CGI, because this was him saying, like, correcting the history, and same thing the remastered versions. So if he had it his way, and, um, like, would just normal Star Wars, the original trilogy, be bad? Claire? Um, I kind of think so. Like, he wrote and directed the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't really write or direct the other two in the original trilogy. I feel like if he had more of an impact on that, like he had with like writing and directing the prequel trilogy, we would have had a totally different set of Star Wars movies. I don't mm-hmm. think that would have been a, very good for us. It, it's like crazy to me how he, you know, wrote and directed the first one and like paved his own way, and then he yeah. took the bat the backseat as as his franchise like sailed into legend, yeah. and then. No one wanted to direct, to direct the prequels, and the only person that he, that anyone would trust was him. Because, Partha, you seem like you're about to say something. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he took a backseat on Empire, and then he wanted Spielberg to direct Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, he, he wanted David Lynch to do it, and then David Lynch said that it was all giving him a headache. <laughs> so, he took me upstairs... And he showed me these things called Wookiees. And now this headache is getting, you know, getting stronger. (laughs) And he showed me many animals and different things. Then he took me for a ride in his Ferrari for a lunch. And George is kind of short. So his seat was way back and he was almost laying down in the car. We were flying through this little town up in Northern California. We went to a restaurant. Not that I don't like salad, but that's all they had was was salad. (laughs) (laughs) Then I got a really, uh, almost like a migraine headache. And I could hardly wait to get to home. And I, even before I got home, I kind of crawled into a phone booth and phoned my agent. I said, there's no way, I know no way I can do this. He said, David, 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 calm down. You don't have to do this. And um, so George, bless his heart, I told him on the phone the next day that he should direct it. It's his film. He invented everything about it. But he doesn't really love directing. And... So someone else did direct that film, but um, I did. I called my lawyer and told him that I wasn't going to do it, and he said, "You just lost. I don't know how many millions of dollars." <laughs> I, um, I love that. And then he went to direct Dune for some that's reason. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, for reference, Claire is a big Dune fan and is a guaranteed a guest spot for... on the Dune discussion if that yeah. ever happens. And it <clears throat> because that didn't happen, he basically got some guy to direct Return of the Jedi and kind of ghost directed a lot of it mm-hmm. and threw in Ewoks so he could sell toys, literally. This is like when um, you hear that David Fincher almost directed a Spider-Man origin. You're like, what? Yeah. You're, you're like, wow. Well, I, I, the difference, I wish we the lived in, being, that, in that world. Oh, are you saying if like David Lynch or Steven Spielberg directed Return of the Jedi? Like, I think if Steven Spielberg directed Return of the Jedi would be like better, but like yes. very similar in like tone. Uh, I would, I would, I would argue that it at least like it'd be like better. It'd be better directed. Like, it'd be. Mm-hmm. I just think it'd be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is George Lucas isn't like a director. 
and like by the point he was directing the phantom menace he'd not directed a movie since 1977 yeah Uh, it's crazy how his career is american graffiti or well thx 138 which was a failure and then american graffiti and then just star wars forever yeah and and, And so yeah and then he sold the rights for a billion dollars and he's like i'm good four billion yeah if you look at a lot of scenes in the phantom menace the problem is that there's no protagonist and there's also no director they're kind of just shooting the scenes in a very like plain you know objective way and you look at i mean the original trilogy but even like in this way i will like credit the sequel trilogy like it feels like there's a director behind it whereas this is kind of just like seeing what happens and like the biggest example that i i noticed was when i was watching like the fish like there's always a bigger fish Mm -hmm. that scene it's supposed to be this insane like they're going through fucking water and there's big fish and it's like shot and it's like and you're just sitting there lifeless like i felt like that the whole movie i was just like i so many things are happening and i don't and i don't care yeah I feel like it was just people, like, even if they're all over the galaxy, it's just, like, they're flying here to talk about this, and then they're like, okay, we have to leave now. And then they're gonna fly over here to talk about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Call me crazy, but this movie, like, is way too much about, like, the Trade Federation and, like, space and like yeah. space politics. It's very bold to be, like, my first movie in this trilogy is going to start off with a trade dispute about a boycott that is happening against a planet that we've never heard of before and so, we're gonna okay. make a bad portrayal of like japanese businessmen hi tai one double cruiser got past the blockade my lord it's impossible to locate the ship it's out of our range this is getting out of hand now there are two of them we should not have made this bargain and those guys are like a big part of the movie they're very yeah like, i didn't remember how bad the accent was until i watched it again today and i was like this is very bad yeah this is yeah. very explicit and, like, and it's like bad. they're like central to yeah. the plotting like at the end they're like oh my god we have to find these two guys and it's mm-hmm. like wh- what newt gunray so true <laughs> of the of the trade federation exactly yeah You want to hear my hot take? Sure. Yes. I don't think the space politics is inherently a bad thing. No. Well, I I, I mean, like, Alien is about space truckers, and that's good. Well, it's not about space politics, though. Like, like Alien is a pretty simple, like, slasher movie Mm. when it comes to it. I think, because, like, watching this, I was like, the only part of this, other than Anakin getting picked up mm-hmm. like that's the one story point that this has really yeah the time the, only the time other... on tatooine like makes some cause and effect sense the only th- other thing that matters in this movie is senator palpatine like yeah figuring out a way for him to become chancellor right because mm-hmm. that's this whole trilogy is like oh how does democracy descend into fascism right yes so that's not a bad thing but then he doesn't come into the movie until you're about an hour and a half into the movie. So you don't know who your villain is or like who your antagonist whatever is. And the the problem is that you don't care about anybody because they're not characters. They're just like 
pawns to move like story points around are are we led to believe like when you first see palpatine on screen and he's like the human guy like the same actor are we supposed to not immediately connect the dots like oh that's the emperor I feel like you're st- because they they reveal I don't know. it no like like, like it, three movies later and I'm like obviously look at his fucking face I don't know if I was saying that when I was like a younger kid but when I watched it again I was like that is obviously that same guy like I don't know who they thought they were fooling <laughs> I can't imagine people who saw it when they were like our age in 1999 were like hey I feel like know? this whole movie it's just like people being like ugh like the Senate and they're like oh this chancellor and all these legislations and I'm like what is happening. If I may say so, Your Majesty, the Chancellor has little real power. He is mired by baseless accusations of corruption. The bureaucrats are in charge now. What options have we? Our best choice would be to push for the election of a stronger Supreme Chancellor, one who could control the bureaucrats and give us justice. You could call for a vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum. He's been our strongest supporter. Our only other choice would be to submit a plea to the courts. Yeah. Because because there's nobody to lead you through it. No. If if and like this is what I was saying to Claire earlier today. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan should be the main character in this trilogy. Mm-hmm. Because he's the one that's like the good guy that's getting trained by Qui-Gon, then in the second movie he's like losing Anakin, and in the third movie fully loses Anakin. Right. Yeah. He's also and the so, only one who's like there at the beginning of the movie and then there at the end. Yeah. And so he's ostensibly the person that we should be following, especially through the Phantom Menace at least, the person we should be following. So if he's our protagonist and he's like, Ah, I'm a young Jedi knight and um I'm being put into this world of politics that I don't really understand. If he was more integral to that then you would have your story way through, mm-hmm. you know, through the politicking of it all. But the problem is it just cuts to scenes with Palpatine and Natalie Portman, who really does not look like she knows what she's doing because um, she looks like 12. And so you have this whole lost feeling because nobody's leading you through anything, mm-hmm. which is one of the things that, like, like, I'll say this when we talk about Revenge of the Sith, but the later two movies, and I think Attack of the Clones is probably a worse movie than this, but the later two movies, at the very least, have protagonists. They have someone, they have a story. There is no arc that happens to anyone in this movie except for Palpatine, and his only arc is not in power, in power. Yeah, we you had know? that exact conversation verbatim earlier today, and then I said, oh, okay. I can't wait to bring this up later on the podcast. And I have. Yeah. Um, I like that people consider Ewan McGregor to be, like, the saving grace of the whole prequel trilogy. Because I, like, him, Liam Neeson, and Natalie Portman, like, as actors, I like all three of them. And I wrote my notes, I'm like, they can't save this movie. Ewan McGregor has nothing to do in this movie. Like, the way they kind of just keep him on the ship while they're on Tatooine, and he's kind of just like, oh, master, I've looked stuff up for you on the midichlorian count, like... Why are you there? Why are you not with them? Okay, Jar Jar gets like an insane amount of screen time. Like like <laughs> yeah. like there's like comic relief and then they're like this guy's like the third lead because of all the reaction shots you're giving him of him like putting his tongue in an electric ray and we'll stop back. It's horrible. That was better. That 
better. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like, like what's crazy about the movie is that there's some really easy fixes, which is that Qui-Gon should be staying on the ship. Yes. I, I and was... Obi-Wan should be going with him. It's a clearly that should be what happened because he's supposed to be building this relationship with Obi-Wan and Anakin. If I that... ever build a time machine, that is what I will do. I'll go back right? to the set of fan like and be like, George Lucas, I don't care what else you do with your whole life. You have to change this new movie. Realistically, you have to change this plot. You have to change this plot contrivance. You have to change that. Realistically, you don't need Qui Gon Jinn. You can like like Obi Wan and like have him meet them there. Exactly, you want him in the movie, but you don't need him. Like like, like, Qui Gon dying is the only thing that gives this movie the slightest bit of weight. Does it? I feel like I don't give a fuck about Qui Gon. I just feel like that's the like me either. I just feel like that's the only beat reaction because I don't know who he is. I might give yeah. a Qui-Gon, but I don't oh. care that Obi-Wan's, like, upset. I'm surprised that there isn't a lot of internet conspiracy about Qui-Gon, like, setting up all the Jedi, because he's vouching for Anakin, and he's, like, the only reason that he gets trained as a Jedi, and it's literally so his... you're saying he's a secret Sith? No, like, that's annoying. But it's li- it's literally his dying wish after the Jedi Council's, like, bad idea. And then Qui-Gon's like, yo, since I'm dying, make this happen for me. And then Yoda's like, hey, sure. Should we talk about the chosen one elephant in the room? Wow, I didn't know how much Anakin was Jesus. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Literally, no George father. reinvented the Immaculate Conception and put it in The Phantom Menace and was like, yeah, no big deal. This is fine. I, I was literally just like looking around my room and I was like, <laughs> are, are we not going to talk about this? Who was his father? There was no father. I carried him, I gave birth, I raised him. I can't explain what happened. Like, wouldn't you, like, think that was insane? If I saw that Like, there was no father. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. But also, like, he obviously doesn't think he's being unsubtle, but, like, what's he trying to say by, like, just this kid being Jesus? Like, But also evil Jesus. It, it suffers from a thing that a lot of movies now, especially because everything is like a reboot or reinterpretation of something old, suffers from, which is that just because something or somebody is important to us does not mean that it's important to the world. Like, there's no reason Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader should have this much importance already. Like, he should be important when he becomes Darth Vader. Before that, he's some guy. There's literally no reason for him to be the chosen one, to be, like, the one to bring balance to the... Like, there's no reason for it other than, oh, later on in the fifth, the sixth movie, he'll do it. The one thing I will say, having now watched Dune and knowing what happens in the second movie, he, George Lucas had a unique opportunity here to um, do something interesting with the chosen one thing. Yeah. Which is, in the, this whole movie is like oh every like the whole how do, how does a system collapse and crumble right and by the third movie it does, and uh, like I don't think he does it well but that's the, an interesting idea and what he could have done is that like the Jedi Council places a lot of faith into the Chosen One prophecy, so they send Qui Gon and Obi Wan basically all Jedi's are constantly being set out to find the Chosen One. And they find Anakin, and he's really, like, fits the brand or whatever. And they put, all their, they put all their chips on this guy. And then he fucks everything up, and they go, well, shit. 
So that didn't mean anything. So chosen one things like dynamics are bad. And that could have been interesting. He Paul from Dune, but he didn't. Yeah. I feel yeah. like the problem with each of the prequel movies is that they all only have like one like actually rewatchable scene. And in this one, it's the Duel of Fates. In the next one, it's like the big monster sequence. And in the and in Revenge of the Sith, it's the Lava Battle. And really, those are the only scenes where you're going to be like, I want to watch this movie. Because everything else around that... I don't, I don't even give a fuck about the Darth Maul because it's like crosscut so shittily. Like I always forget how badly crosscut that. Because if you is. just watched it play all the way through, like it's it, good. because the 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 uh, choreography is so beautiful. And after, if you like Star Wars, you obviously like lightsaber battles. And the lightsaber battles in the original trilogy, for what it's worth, are kind of lame. And then this is the first awesome one, and so you want to be excited about it. I would disagree there. Well, I, I mean, the, 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 the Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back yeah. one is good, yeah. and the Return of the Jedi one is good. Yeah, no, I, the Return of the Jedi one I think is the best. I'm just saying, Trent, that's two out of three movies. Um, no, but the one, but... In, the one in New Hope, noticeably sucks. Well, it's sure, but it's not really a fight, though. Like, it's not a lightsaber. Yeah, fight. he throws it at the end. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna die." Yeah. <laughs> He's always be a Force Ghost forever. Yeah. No. The, the 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 other problem is that like Anakin, if he's supposed to be our protagonist in this movie, or I mean, I know I keep bringing that up, but it, it it's shocking. It's like absolutely shocking how sidelined he is in his own movie because he does nothing. He you don't meet him until about a third of the way in, and then he does nothing. He wins the pod. Like, he wins the pod race, but after that, there's literally nothing he does that affects the plot in a way where he chose to do it no they bring him to the jedi council because qui-gon wants to train him as a jedi not because and that's why he leaves tattooing at all because qui-gon's like yeah you gotta time and then he then they he gets brought along to the fight at the end for some reason isn't it crazy how anakin a child is brought into the battlefield yeah why is he there to then not do anything to be told to don't do anything and I don't, I feel like just so, like, I know that he was a slave and that he was freed and obviously his legal guardian can't come, but the mom is just like, hey, Annie, just go with, just go with these strangers. <laughs> and then from that point on, Anakin just looking at everyone like, are you my mom now? Like, who is, who is responsible for me? Next podcast, we unpack the edible feelings Anakin has. For Wait, Anakin. so, in, Parth, you may know what I'm talking about, but there's a George Lucas clip from, like, the making of A Phantom Menace, and he's like, the problem is, like, how do you top the pod race? I know this is going to work. I know it's going to work because it's impossible. Charger is a key to all this. The whole thing is that how are you going to top the pod race? I'll be exhausted by the time they end the, end the pod race. I'll be ready to go home. Mm-hmm. And then that with Anakin, you know, kind of duplicating the Luke Skywalker role, but you see the echo of where it all is going to go. And instead of do- destroying the Death Star, he destroys the ship that controls the robots. Again, it's like poetry. It's sort of if they rhyme. Mm-hmm. Every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one. Hopefully it'll work. He's like, once, once you finish the pod race, like, how do you top it? And I feel like he's kind of right, accidentally, in that, like, the f- completion of the, pod ca- of the pod race, you're like, okay, this is, like, an emotional end of the movie. And then you're like, okay, we're just at the midway point. And, like, now what happens? Because it's kind of like a long downslope after that until the end when thing, and then, it, you know. Happy ending. It all just kind of falls to shit. Isn't it yeah. crazy how, like, the last shot, like, Boss Nass is, like, prominently featured? Like, he's set, he's, 
Phantom Menace. He, he, he is center frame, like holding an orb that means nothing that we're supposed to care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the that's the thing. I, I feel like all of the prequel movies, like, it's like the movie ends, and then there's a CGI shots of people celebrating for no reason. So I noticed for the first time in this movie the rather on-the-nose theme of them bringing up symbiosis all the time, which, like, I like as an idea, but then they tie, like, they're like, oh, the, the, the Gungans, the, you have to get along with Jar Jar because we all depend on each other. And then with the midichlorians, they're like, oh, yes, the midichlorians give us the force because they're little bugs and they live inside us. And it's just like, what? What's happening? Like I don't I don't give a shit about what it means like to have the force or the 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 inner workings of many chlorians, mm-hmm. but you're overcomplicating this. I also thought yeah. it was ridiculous how they were like you have more many chlorians than Master Yoda, and I was like, well, how do you how does that work? Yeah, like why? Like <laughs> that's another thing. It's like why does he have like what like he has twenty thousand many chlorians? Gonna say. The pod racing goes on for three laps, mm-hmm. as you know, if you also played the Lego Star Wars video game. I, I was wondering, how long, how long into this episode until we bring up Lego Star Wars? Because I've played the Phantom Menace level maybe the most out of all the levels, because it's the first one. I gotta say, it's kind of better than the movie. And how is George Lucas going to answer that allegation? Yes. Wait, are you saying all six levels of Lego Star Wars are... I'm just... going to say even just the first Phantom Menace level is better than his movie. Oh, isn't the first one quite... It's Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan. Yeah. We're just wandering around the ship. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I was thinking about the first level of the New Hope one, where it's oh, literally yeah. just you as as Leia and some other Imperial Guard guy just yeah. walking around. And you're just, like, discovering, like, little hidden passages, and you're like, oh, wow, what's over here? I tried to play... Like, I played Lego Star Wars when I was, like, 12, revisited it, and I was like, this is mm-hmm. great. And then I went back and played it when I was, like, 17, I was like, ah, this is going around and pulling levers. And mm-hmm. it it is very much for, for children. But did I play it, like, three months ago? Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, well, they're coming out with a new game that, I ha- that has all of them, and it's new levels for all of them. Online movies and only levels. Mm. Isn't it so nice in like the uh, the, um, the cutscenes have no dialogue and it just oh. people it, it just people signing at each other. Yeah. Now that is how to sell a game in China, my friends. That is how you actually make a movie. Take so Parth, did you not? You're you're rather silent. Did you not have a Nintendo GameCube? Uh, no, I had a Wii. I played Lego Star Wars on that. The complete saga. I think so, yeah. What was your favorite, like, movie level? I could tell you my least favorite. Okay. I didn't like the, I I didn't like the flying levels. Hate the flying. That, yeah, I was going to say, except for the flying level. Except for, yeah, the second one one sucked. But the Revenge of the Sith, the first one, is that a flying level, and that one's fun. Because that one, you're just, like, flying on, like, a fixed track. And yes. And you just hit stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Least favorite. As a child. Oh, wait, wait, the, uh, the, the attack of the... The chase and attack of the clones... I hate that level to this day. That's the first one in Attack of the Clones, yeah. right? It sucks. I, I think it. it's a perfect encapsulation of this movie that it makes you want to talk about things that are more interesting than itself. That, the, like, no, but, like, Claire, like, accidentally made a good point in that, like, the video game version is, like, better, it's just, like, way, is a way better rendition of this story. Yes. I like, think I accidentally made that. I think I was saying that. Like, even the pod racing scene, it doesn't, do much for me because it's too long mm-hmm. and 
like at least with an action scene it feels like something's moving forward but it's like a racing scene so it's just like literally going around in circles and uh, it's hard for me to care about that it's hard to maintain the drama when in something structured like a race because they go around once yeah and you're and you're like fuck like we're gonna do this two more times like yeah. we you already did all the little like, tricks the first lap it's like okay bringing you back to like a new hope when it was like they were gonna do the trench run twice they were gonna do it once and they're gonna do it again they're gonna do it a third time like they're actually gonna do it three times like it's like the trend it's like the laps like you're gonna do that three times yeah like maybe twice and like cut to the audience or something i don't know yeah how do you make a movie i feel like i i don't like hate this movie like this is definitely my least it's the prequel i would want to watch the least yeah because i think it was on tv less for me but even as a kid even though attack of the clones is like a dumpster fire i just feel like more is going on and like i like at least hating christensen is that like the center of that movie? And Boss Nass over here loves Hayden Christensen. Speak on that. So true. I'm looking forward to the Obi Wan Kenobi show where he comes back. It, isn't yeah. it crazy how Star Wars fans, if they don't like a, a movie, they're like, "I'm gonna ruin the actor's life." Yeah. Yeah. They did that even to the little kid in Phantom Menace, like Jake uh, Lloyd. Yes. And now he has schizophrenia. I didn't know that. And it, and it, yeah, no, he. he fun, fun fact I read in the trivia, it said that Jake Lloyd um, disclosed that there was a six hour cut of The Phantom Menace that people yes. described as like life changing. And I was like, Jake Lloyd, like, why are you keeping this under locks? I also <laughs> feel like, like, I don't think the way to fix this movie is to make it longer. No, I, I've heard people make arguments that with a few small dialogue cuts, you can make it like arguably like. 20% less stupid, which I think is yeah. is going in the right direction. Yeah, I don't think adding more time is doing anything. It certainly didn't th- attack of the clones, because that is, like, feels very long. You can pretty easily, like, just by cutting the Jar Jar section of this, like, the last act, you could probably cut this movie by, like, 20 minutes. I, I, I've heard George Lucas, like, in response to Jar Jar hate, be like, Jar Jar is, like, no different than Yoda in terms of, like, they're both just, like, silly little creatures and they're both talking a weird way. Um, and it's just, like, you, you go back and you're like, wait, but Yoda's not so fucking annoying. He's also not stupid. Like, like he's yeah. serving a story purpose. But, like... like we, but what is Jar Jar's story purpose? Like, originally, it's just to get them to the Gungan City. And then yeah, it's to be a comedic relief. Senator, and then was allowed to like put the vote of the Yeah, I was just gonna say, isn't it crazy how he becomes a senator? And like two and movies from now, he's making he not he not just becomes a senator, he becomes the senator that gives emergency powers to Emperor Palpatine. Well, which is a big part of why people, which is how yeah, <laughs> people start to point fingers. So Qui Gon Jinn, by saving Jar Jar's life, indirectly doomed everyone. Yeah. Wow, Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon Jinn again is the root of all evil. Yeah. I, think we, I think we might be on maybe here. Maybe, maybe like the Darth great. Jar Jar thing is, maybe we're looking at the wrong person. Right, you want to know, like, the only shot in this movie I liked? Yeah. Um, when all, when all like, the droid chips come and they're, like, unloading... Um, and all, like, it's, like, hundreds of droids at once are, like, unfolding. I'm like, this is really nice. 
But by and large, the CGI in this movie looks awful. Yeah. And it's like every, like, literally, uh, Watto is just, they're flying on screen next to, um, like, A-plus actors, and you're like, no one along the lines sat down and was like, maybe this isn't such a good idea. <laughs> like, maybe the technology isn't here yet. Yeah, for me, that always comes when, like, Liam Neeson is grabbing, like, Jar Jar's tongue when he, like, snaps out of the dinner table. That's always the moment where I'm like, Liam Neeson had to do that. Like, he had to... <laughs> Have you, have, have you ever seen the pictures of the very tall actor in like the jar jar suit with the face cut out yeah. it's it's really tough and it's weird <laughs> I, that people even though like he's not on screen like people went after him and they're like this guy has to suffer it's this guy's fault yeah that he got hired to portray this role that someone else wrote i feel like we need to talk about things that are working all right yeah uh, soundtrack is always good. John, John Williams, he always brings it. Like, yes, he always does bring it, but, like, I feel like it's pretty negligible until Duel of Fates. And then Duel of Fates, you're like, this is awesome. And then I guess, I- like, Anakin's theme, I guess, would be the only one I'd argue Yeah, I like Anakin's theme. Yeah. But I would agree that the sound or the music editing in this movie is really weird in the way that it cuts between themes. I also think that all Star Wars soundtracks after the original trilogy are so self-referential that you're like, I don't know if this was, if Mm. this is for now. Like, they all kind of sound the same. And, yes. Like, you're wrong. Like, we'll put that out there. Um, Claire, you go ahead. I know you have opinions. I I don't don't agree. Because I think there are a lot of, like, new themes in development and, like, and three especially that are like much better at a lot to the canon of Star Wars. Like even like there's like the theme, like Anakin's like theme, like the internet sent Darth Vader. I think that's yeah. done like I, I I think that Empire Strikes Back is probably my favorite of all of the Empire Strikes Back and Revenge of the Sith are probably my favorite scores from mm-hmm. Star Wars. Like I think the original trilogy has a good set of its own things and then the third the prequel trilogy has like very operatic like there's way more vocals and whatever like that's cool i I would agree that this movie though has the least the music has the least effect on any of the scenes whereas i think in the next two like i think what literally happened is george lucas forgot how to be a director and then like over the course of making these three star wars movies kind of figured it out again i agree it's like maybe a little less like you're you know like less of the music from maybe phantom menace besides dual face which is yeah maybe like which the, is like the most famous yeah. Yeah. yeah like listening to the to a new hope soundtrack like some like the tracks have become you've overheard them so much now that they're all just like classic but you can listen to like a cd of the empire soundtrack and it like it hits like it's straight up bangers but if you just had to listen to, like, the opening crawl of Star Wars, like, that's not really good listening music. I will say, especially given the new... Star. I mean, I've kind of already said this, but given the new sequel trilogy, I appreciate that this, with all of the weird way that it's plotted and character arcs not being there and whatever, I appreciate that 
this has it's different from the original trilogy it would have been really easy to essentially do the same thing as the original trilogy and make it with anakin and obi-wan and then have anakin turn out to be a bad guy at the end i like that he you know there's something commendable about the fact that these are independent movies like george lucas funded this on his own made these movies on his own and made it the way he wanted to put in a bunch of weird fucking things in there that like mostly don't work but it's commendable that like he basically reinvented most technologies that are now like widely used for film um for his weird little sci-fi movie and and like it's that's cool and it's ironic because this tool set that like him and ilm worked for like very long to develop like it looks really shitty in this and then everyone Mm -hmm. for the next 20 years would use it and you know like to their benefit again it's it's like i think he just didn't i think he cared less about the output as much as he did about like oh i want to make this tool or i have this idea and i want it to be in the movie and didn't really care whether or not it worked because there's a there's a way you could have shot this like this movie looks simultaneously new and old in that it looks new and that there's digital effects but really old and that they're really bad mm-hmm. and whereas you look at the star wars original trilogy and that has a really like it looks like a real movie like i know it's an older movie but that looks timeless mm-hmm. whereas this and especially the next two because they're shot digitally on not great digital cameras like they feel their age uh, again going back to what we said before the way he brings in politics it could be really interesting if he did it in like a better way but it's still an interesting thing to bring into a star wars universe where that wasn't yeah really- Let- like, a lot of people were pissed off that that is at all in a Star Wars movie. Exactly. And I'm like, the cool. idea of that is cool. It is. Like, uh, like seeing democracy fall. or Like, mm-hmm. like that's cool. Well, cool. Uh, Parth, I think what you were commending about this movie is that, like, it's a big swing. And what people don't like about, like, yeah. Star Wars Force Awakens is they're like, you just did it again. And that's why people, even though it was cool to not like The Last Jedi at first, now it's cool to like The Last Jedi because at least it was a big swing. And they tried something yeah. different. And in the grand scheme of things, we ha- that is the goal. That if, yeah, if people are trying new things with these big properties, that's good. The thing that I have grown to appreciate the prequel trilogy more for is that they don't feel corporate. Like they don't hmm. they feel like somebody was really trying and failing hard to make a movie, but they were trying to make a movie. It does not feel like they were in market research trying to you know put together a movie that way uh, I, I remembered my comment from before and it's am i crazy or is the cinematography of this film just absolutely lifeless no you're not crazy boring. No. yeah no yeah. it's like they almost made it intentionally bore just people walking into rooms and then like leaving those rooms it's literally what you McGregor said i most of my acting was walking rooms and looking up like that was what that's he- most people oh, yeah <laughs> Him more than anyone else, because he barely had any lines. Poor guy. Like, even the fight sequence, other than the Darth Maul sequence, which I think is, like, finely shot, like, it's mm-hmm. fine. Like, if you see the first Darth Maul fight sequence, it's, like, pretty terrible. I, like, like, I always forget that that mini fight happens for no reason, and it totally feels like 
people complain and they're like, there isn't enough Darth Maul in the movie. And then they're like, okay, where can we like sneak him in for 30 seconds, you know? Just we can get the line, Anakin, duck! <laughs> Which like and why it, are they running? Anakin's why <laughs> no, they're running for no Master reason. Master Qui Gon, I'm tired. No, yeah, and he why just are goes, you running? Master Qui Gon, I'm tired. And then he just <laughs> dunk. And without any question, he. Qui Gon, sir, wait, I'm tired. Anakin, drop. Go. Yeah. All right, are we are we reaching our endpoint, Trent? Yeah, we can quickly run, we can, do you want to run through all of my uh, remaining um, complaints like like we usually do? Sure. Um, here's what I wrote down. Um, boss Nass, in parentheses, underwater people are stupid. Try not to take that too personally. Um, I'm going to take it personally. But I hate Boss Nass, he is way too central to this movie. Um, uh, they are way too central to this movie, Everything that happens with Chancellor Palpatine, like, I understand that if you're going to develop something, you have to develop him, but, like, more, it's just so boring and terrible. Oh, here's something we haven't touched. Um, so, how Anakin was originally going to be 12, and then they aged him down. Then, miraculously, miraculously in the next movie, him and Padme are the same age. And, uh, No, they're not. Well, they're not. Like, she's still older than him. Yeah. But an appropriate enough age gap for them to engage in romance. Is she supposed to be, like, 14? Yeah. Yeah. And he's supposed to be 9, she's supposed to be 14. So in the next movie, that's 10 years later? So 19 and 24? Like, like, like society-wise, that's fine. But I'm just saying, if in the first movie, you're like, here's a kid and almost a woman. And then the next movie, you're like, these are adults now. You know? And it's not... Time usually works at a steady pace. I just don't understand what... Like, are you that much older at 12 than you are at 9? Like, Like, would you miss your mom at 12 and at 9? Like, I don't think so. Also, when the Jedi... Like, when... At Anakin first gets brought to the Jedi, and they're like, "We sense something in you," and he's like, "I miss my mom," and they're like, "That's what we're worried about." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> it's so funny. It's like he's a little kid, and of course he's gonna miss his mom. They're like, "Hmm, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to the dark side." And they're like, "Your judgment what? is clouded," and it's like he was he, he was a slave three days ago. <laughs> it's so funny because they're like, "He's too old." We can't take him in. Like, that made sense for Luke Skywalker, who was, like, almost an adult. But, like... You're telling me this child is too old? How They're like, normally, normally we would sense them and train them. And I'm like, how young would you be training these Jedi? Three-year-olds, and they're giving them a lightsaber, and they're telling them, run through this obstacle course. That's it. That's what they're doing. Oh, I also wrote that very little happens in the first hour, and and most of the dialogue feels ADR'd. Yes. If you look at most lines of Anakin, they're, yeah, they also, are also clearly An- ADR. Anakin's mom, I'm like, these words were recorded several years after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, next I, nitpick. Let's go, let's go. I think, uh, I think that's it. Like, the first hour of this movie being as uneventful as it is is, like, really yeah. kind of unforgivable. Like, really nothing happens in the first hour mm-hmm. other than they get they find Anakin and the like- trade federation takes control of something like right? there there's so many attempted laugh lines and they all fall flat and it's just like really painful to watch like, in this day and age 
negotiations, like, oh, you were right, the negotiations were short. Like, what? I think that one's funny. I think that one's fine. Okay, Perth, fine. Okay, but it's just because you and McGregor, he delivers it fine. But, like, none, we'll none of it is written well. As the droid invasion is coming, <clears throat> one of um, Jar Jar's cronies is like, Misa sense danger! And I was like, <laughs> dude, like, your people are about to get, like... <laughs> like pillage annihilated <laughs> yeah also do, what what are your what do you guys have hot takes on on droids like whether in they, what way like it's night because they couldn't just do clones right away so they had to come up with something else and i'm okay with that it's this but like they like they're they're so stupid like i know that's like like i don't i don't know i don't know if it's because i yeah. have seen these movies since i was a kid but like i think they're kind of cool i think that like, i don't yeah I don't roger, roger 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 no yeah Ro- roger roger really is the, the take-home oh, message y- you want to know a fun little story that's not really a story it's just something to know about me there's a video of me as like a three-year-old or something oh claire has seen this claire has seen this but it's it's of me um waving a lightsaber around going roger 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 and then like me like destroying this fucking droid um in my head of course and then my dad asked me who i am and i say luke skywalker and i'm like i'm such a fucking idiot you're mixing i'm anakin skywalker i'm mixing my eras yeah you're kind of all over the place yeah yeah that's me um is that is that that on that do we want to enter and that's a wrap do we want to enter the ratings gauntlet Yes. So Boss Nass, the ratings gauntlet, consists of telling us how rewatchable this movie is, whether you would recommend it, and your grade for it out of 10. Uh-huh. Go. Okay. Okay. I have to go first? Okay. Yeah. Uh, rewatchability? Wait. Wait, but first, um, whenever we say ratings gauntlet, we drop, oh, we yeah. do a nuclear bomb sound effect. No. So so real quick, act like, um, like you're just getting exploded. Like, oh my god! Please help me! Kill me! Kill me! All right, so so Claire, your your thoughts on the film? Okay, rewatchability. This is not the Star Wars movie I would pick to rewatch. If I had to pick a Star Wars movie to rewatch, what would be? Um, Lazy Sunday at the Appel House. It's raining. You just ate breakfast, and you're going and you're looking through. You're filing through your DVDs. Um, it's probably either A New Hope or, um, Return of the Jedi. I love Return of the Jedi. Famously, I defended a lot, um, despite many others thought about it, including my dad, who hates it. Yes. Um, rewatchability, so not, not great. Maybe, like, if I'm feeling like, oh, a whole trilogy, like a whole trilogy or a whole saga rewatch, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, fine, put on things next. But not, not on, like, a daily basis, I'm like, not rewatching this. And what are you giving it out of 10? Out of 10? Wait, did you say if you'd recommend it? Recommend it to people? Maybe if they wanted to watch all the Star Wars movies, but I'm not like, hey, you should go watch this like really, really bad CGI. Like, well, I feel like the worst thing about The Phantom Menace is that it's simultaneously, it's like episode one. Yeah. I would never tell someone to start no. with this one. I know. I'd always tell them to start with the original trilogy, probably. Like, imagine, like, how upset and confused people must have been walking out of the theater, though. 
I know I probably would have been really upset. Like, judging by my reaction to, like, yeah. the sequel movies, I would have been very upset. Like, I've heard people, like, talk about them, and they're like, I had to go back three times because I thought I was crazy because how mm-hmm. could something that I love so purely, like, just betray me like that? Yeah. Yeah. Out of ten, I fear I have to give her, like, a three or a four. Like, and I feel that's even being a little generous. Yeah. Sorry. It's not pretty. For the Phantom Menace, but yeah. You are not the you are not the next American top model, right? <laughs> um, I'll go, I'll go next. Um, n- no, like, uh, oh, I, I mean, uh, no, 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 I don't. No recommend. out of ten. Okay, Machete Order is literally meant for people who have never seen any of the movies before, and it says a lot that it cuts this movie out entirely, because like we've noticed, nothing happens, no. and um, that's not a good sign, and. It, it's especially when people like don't understand the when you're talking to someone who doesn't understand star wars and you're like oh episode one and they're like what does that mean and you're like first of all like read a book and second of all like it sucks that this is the first one like it just makes us all look so dumb like if someone outside the universe watch they're like oh i'll start from the beginning watch episode one and then they're gonna like everyone who likes this is a moron and like they're not wrong but it it's making us look bad um uh, in terms of rewatchability, uh, last night I turned this on and I was um, out like a light within 10 minutes. And so that uh, is the usual way it goes whenever I turn on this movie because it's a classic sleepover movie that uh, you, 10 minutes in, you remember how boring it is and then you fall asleep. Um, like 2 out of 10 or maybe 3. Like this shit's pretty bad. Uh, um, thank you to Benton Jew, our our guest for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, he he, he agreed the movie was not great though. Yeah, so I feel less bad about trash. Yeah, so, I feel like yeah. m- most of the time, like even if the people who worked on it didn't like it, they're like, yeah, it was really fun to work on the project. But Benton Jew was like, yeah, this kind of sucked though. No. Um. Uh. Yeah, it's not. I would. I would only ever recommend this to someone that wants to watch everything. A, comple- a completionist. Uh, I would only ever rewatch this when I'm gonna rewatch all of Star Wars. Do pe- um, do you ever actually do that though? Like I've d- I've watched I've sometimes watched the original trilogy in one sitting once, and it was like pretty painful. Like good. No, I'm not. I wouldn't watch. It, I wouldn't watch it in one sitting. But, no, like, uh, really I, I'll didn't. watch it like yeah, like over a week. I'll watch all of them or something. Hmm. Um, rewatchability. I did that. Recommendation. I did that. Uh, I don't. I really shitted on this movie, but shat. Uh, you shat upon it. Shat. I shat upon this film. Uh, it's not good. I I have respect for George Lucas, um, so respectfully, I'm gonna give this like a three point five uh-huh. uh, out of ten, which I think is that the lowest I've. No, I gave lockdown. Locked. Lo- lockdown was. <laughs> lockdown was a piece of shit. I'm so sorry, Ella Dane Smith. Like, I almost feel like, like, Ella, I mean, Lockdown is, like, neck-neck with, like, being as good as this movie. Like, that, like, like, sure. now, like now that's an interesting conversation. Claire, sure. ha- Claire, have you seen Lockdown? I have not seen Lockdown. I've only heard about it's it. It's good. Continue not to have seen Lockdown. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, movies about COVID aren't that awesome or fun to watch when you're still, when it's still happening all around you. When we're still in the pandemic? Yeah, I don't know yeah um do we want to talk about what comes next before one of our laptop dies 
so true. This sounds like Trent's laptop is dying. Something like that. Yeah, uh, next week we talk about Attack of the Clones, which another... Next week we... Uh, yeah. Next week we talk about Attack of the Clones with another storyboard artist, Mark Sexton. He has a lot of cool stories. Did he not, Sebulba? Oh, me? Yes. Um, he was also... We'll post a picture, but he was also a storyboard artist on Mad Max and Mad Max Fury Road. And he showed... A, we have a nice little picture of him and his storyboards, and he was really cool. And he talked about George Lucas. We also have one of... We also have one of him and his cat. Yes, and also he met Tom Cruise and he told a sad story. He met Francis Ford Coppola and told a sad story. Um, he was good at talking, and you yeah. could you should He's listen cool to dude. us. You should listen to us talk to him. It was one of my most favorite interviews done recently. And if you want to know when our episodes come out, first of all, it's Sunday, the day of the Lord, mm-hmm. and second of all. Uh, maybe you should follow our social media, and you should follow our Instagram, our Twitter. We post updates. We have fun little posts. It's, it's, it's pretty insane. You'll see our current war with Team Deacons. Fuck Team Deacons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Claire, do you think the people should give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or no? I think they should always give you a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I had a really good time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, really Boss Mass, for coming on. Um, your opinions were informed. And um, and you wear and you wore a Star Wars shirt, so so you were you were dre- dressed for the occasion. Um, yeah. part- all right, is that a wrap? Yep, we're all yep. We're this. It's the end yeah. of the episode. Join us next week for Attack of the Clones, continuation of prequel winter. All right, we don't want Sabalba's laptop to die. Bye. Now this is podcasting. <laughs>